One. And we're live. Two. No, three. We were, to the fo- Oh. We were live already. We were already live? Yeah. Mike, Mike, check. Son check, of a check, bitch. check, check, check. One, one, two, one, two three. Um, check four, hello. five, six. Check seven. Dude, eight, you know, I was listening nine. back. I was putting my, uh, I was check updating ten. my portfolio for applications. Yeah. And I, I put one of our front row podcast videos in my portfolio. Oh, yeah. I, I think I did, um, I did the one where we talked about the Babadook. Because in the video, I like cut a lot of video oh, clips yeah. into it, so it was like a, a like a decently edited, yeah. like forty minute long podcast. Yeah, and dude, our audio quality in that room of that building was so dude, fucking that, good. I won't lie to you. I think recording in that office was the best recording oh, space dude. we've ever used. We we got to use the mic stands. It like look, it felt like professional. And almost. we were like at the table, across at the from table each other. across. Like it also like. It it definitely wasn't well. It was almost more relaxed because it was like just us, like chilling oh, yeah. in those office chairs. But it was scary as fuck. Oh, when it we was had to scary leave as fuck at night. because we did our whole Halloween like yeah. week at that office. At that office, yeah, it was and terrifying. We, were there. we we did like three a night for like three days straight, and it was only at night. Yeah, because we did the first two, like the jump scares aren't scary, and then yeah, and the then other we did, one, and then we did our top fives, and then we did our top fives. But uh, yeah, so we did like two, then three, then two, dude, over a three night period. That Halloween was a good run. That was a for great. The that was an amazing week of podcasts. That was uh, like that was some legit shit. That was some dude. legit shit. And it was dope. Let this uh, let this serve as a shameless plug or an advertisement for those yeah those Halloween episodes. Some of the that, best episodes dude, we've ever some done. Some of the best we made, and also just that was fun as hell. We were a little less busy back then. It really was, yeah. And maybe a little more ambitious. Maybe I wouldn't a, say maybe more a, ambitious. Maybe a combination of the two. Definitely less busy. Le- way less busy. I mean, think about it. At the time, I mean... Well, I was still living with my parents. You were still living... That was living... like two places ago You weren't. For me. No, I think you were in your apartment at that point. Was I? I think so. And you were in your apartment. And I was in my apartment, so... So that was two places ago for you, one to two places ago right. for me. I was, I was not a nomad at that point in my life. I wasn't... I don't think I was at my current job either. No, you were at... I think you were still at your first job I, out I, of college. I was at my first job, yeah. So... Yeah, and I still had the same job, but it was... A little less involved. A little less involved, and like I wasn't as like consistently tired as I am now. You slept like, a little more. In I those slept days. a little better <laughs> in those days. Like the more I do this job, the less quality sleep I get. Yeah. Therefore, like the more time I spend trying yeah, but to I think, sleep. I think you would do that with any because I've noticed that even with my job, mm-hmm. and it's not that my job necessarily I have to be well. I don't know. It's your it's schedule just, is a little it's variable. Like, it's kind of it's kind of variable. Yeah. But like my sleep schedule doesn't have to be super regular. Mm-hmm. But what I've noticed is I slowly went from like needing a full eight hours to now like five and a half will do it for me, which isn't yeah. great. But it's just like I start. Yeah. You know, I I leave for work at six thirty, and right. I've started noticing if I wake up at five thirty. Mm-hmm. I started noticing like I can go to bed at 11 and feel fine the next day, right. which is not really an achievement. No, <laughs> Dude, one of the, also one of the worst things about this job is summer months because the sun is oh, yeah. always out. Yeah. And like, even with like, like I remember. Ideally you would be asleep at like eight o'clock when the sun goes down. Right. In, like in theory. In theory. 
But like, dude, I remember even like, even like when I was at my old apartment with, I had blackout curtain. I only had one window in my bedroom. Yeah, blackout curtain. And I had a blackout curtain. This place has two windows. But like, even when I was at the old apartment with the blackout curtain, it maybe gave me an extra half hour of sleep a day. Yeah, it like it did not didn't do move that the much. Needle. Did really did not move the needle at all. It was just a little bit dark. Like my body still knew, like, hey, dumbass, it's 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 light outside. You should be awake. Like my body still knew that, even though it was darker in my room, it still felt like right. daytime. So that's why I never like put anything up in that room because I was like, it didn't really help at my old place. Yeah, and like I might as well just try try and hoof it without it. one. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, hopefully that'll change soon. Uh, let me uh, hopefully. Let me check the audio right quick, and we're good to go. We're so, live. But this, get, well, we've been live. This is not a, believe it or not, Halloween episode. This is not a Halloween episode. Um, and uh, this episode was, well, we were going to do a spoiler review. We were. And then um, the the second weekend number box office numbers came out for Top Gun Maverick, and... Uh, a ton of people it's, are it's on still a heater, seeing dude. the movie. It's on a run, and it might be on a run through some, like through summer. Like it might, yeah. July but, could roll around, and it could still be one of the top five earners in the box office, which has been unheard of for at least a decade, if not longer. And already, like this is a pretty like prototypical summer blockbuster, but it's. Like it is crushing the box office, and we say we say that about a lot of movies. Oh yeah, but like this is crushing the box office in a way that like even Marvel can't. Right. What Marvel does is Marvel gets you know two hundred million dollars in its first weekend, and then and then they make Jack, the and then rest they of yeah the... they drop like fifty plus percent after right. that. Even with like positive word of mouth, it's just not really like how the Marvel formula has worked ever since the first Avengers movie came out. Well, did you did you see that Morbius is back in theaters because it's coming back for like a week? Oh, God, literally because people are making memes out of it. It's been like trending on Twitter, and so they're bringing it back to theaters just because people are basically making fun of it. Making fun of it, so they think they can uh, get, squeeze a couple more dollars. Right, so out they're of it. like, well, maybe we could get oh, the, the Twitter people who haven't seen it to come. Yeah, take a look. But so. Let's let's dive into let's do to Top Gun Maverick. Um, so, kind of, to, I guess, a good preface for this would be we both we're, we've both seen Top Gun the original, right? I have only recently seen it all the way through, like a month ago. Yeah, at the beginning of May, I watched it all the way through for the first time, and I had been told multiple times throughout my life that. I need to watch it. It's an icon. It's a classic, iconic movie. Great performances, yada yada yada. All these great scenes and moments. And I thought that the original Top Gun was good. And that's the end of that's my it. review. Like, I, 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 I get like I understood why. Like when I was watching it in the moment, I understood like where people were coming from. And even I was like, even like the iconic moments I saw it and I was like, yeah, okay, that's kind of fucking, like that's pretty cool. Yeah. But like, it didn't like grab me. 
like I hoped it kind of would because of how many people were like, this movie is so good. Like we love, I love this movie. It's so much fun. Blah, all this stuff. Yeah. And I was, it's, it's good. You know, it's all right. I liked it. I, it was a fun movie. Am I going to watch it ever again? Maybe not. But then I went and saw Top Gun Maverick and I almost shit my pants because I thought it was fucking awesome. And I imagine like this is like when I was watching Top Gun Maverick, I was like, this is how my friends must have felt when they watched Top Gun for the first. Like I'm I'm feeling what they're feeling right now. Correction. This is how my parents must have correct when they saw this movie in theaters in 1986. Right. Dude, my mom, my mom was a teenager when this movie came out. Like this. Well, and the, the thing is. And we're gonna we're gonna talk all about it, but this movie is so impressive because of its production. Yes, and also the first Top Gun, even though it is, you know, nothing compared to Top Gun Maverick, right? As far as production, production scale, wise. at the time, at the time in 1986, it was ahead of its time. Oh yeah, it was a it was uh uh, yeah, it was a movie that like hadn't been made that way yet for right. the time. Like, and I, you know, we, we've talked about the, we've talked about the Jocko podcast that he did with the Top Gun instructor. Yeah. And how he kind of mentioned that too. Like when that movie came out in 86, like access to like military equipment and the way the movie was shot using real planes, like that wasn't really a thing that had happened yet right. for, for Hollywood. And the fact that like, that movie was ahead of its time in 86. This movie doesn't feel ahead of its time in 2022 because we've seen some pretty spectacular practical effects in film, kind of like a resurgence of practicality in yeah, film over lately. the past decade. Really, I think with like when Mad Max Fury Road came out. To me, that was like when I started like noticing. Yeah, I started noticing after that movie like, oh, these people are actively trying to like create a practical a tangible movie. Um, but like, so it's it's not necessarily ahead of its time, but it is a movie that feels like, that looks like no other action movie we've seen. Right. Probably again, since like 2015 when Mad Max, like that was the last like bench, like the last benchmark. Now Top Gun Maverick visually is like the new, one of the new benchmarks to set. and, And that's the thing much like, so why do we, humans in general why do we love film we love it because it makes kind of the unbelievable real it makes it believable and much it's like, an escape from our own reality much into, like into a new much one. like mad max did with its practical effects this showed you things that you didn't think were possible right and you know like you know deep down that it's actually occurring because so often we we can watch movies that it's like oh that's super cool but there's no way it's real right this is almost unbelievable but you know that they did it for real they they spared no expense with this movie they really did not like none right and this is something this was this was kind of the this is like a love letter from Tom Cruise, essentially. Pretty he, much, he yeah. He basically decided early on that they weren't going to cut corners. Right. They like, were gonna they were gonna do things right. Put the actors through three months of of flight school training. And I think part of that has to also be in a way like he is 
he's creating what Top Gun should have been. Right. Like if if, Correct. if Top Gun had the un- capability had like unlimited capabilities, unlimited resources, you would get Top Gun Maverick. And that's Correct. what this was. Right. And also like it's a it's a t- well, I mean, and everybody people already know like how dedicated Tom Cruise is to like to his craft. To hit to like the the kind of movies he's making today, which is uh, he does all of his stunts, performs as much as he can. He he goes past the limit of what any other director or producer has ever asked of an actor because that's just what he does now. That's just that's what that's you, who he is. When really. you think about Tom Cruise, you think crazy Scientologist, and then you think does everything he possibly can to make a movie look real. And and one of, if not the at this point the most versatile actor maybe that we've ever oh, seen. Oh yeah. And also, by the way, like in this movie, he does more than just cool stunts. Like his right. acting work yes. is actually yes, really. And I think it's because like he had like his connection to this story, to the Top Gun world. Like he didn't lose that connection in the thirty years it took to make a like he like the, the the way like when I there's a scene in this movie when he's going back to wherever the school is in California. They they call it's like not Top Gun Island or I don't I can't remember what they call it, but like it's where the Top Gun training school is. Yeah. And he's like riding his motorcycle down the runway and there's there's an F eighteen taken off. Yeah. And you can see him just looking and just like smiling, this giant shit eating grin. And like when I was sitting in the theater and I saw him do that, I was like, oh he's not at, he's just like excited to see a plane take off. Right. And he's just driving a motorcycle down there. Like, he's not just, like, putting on a show. That's just a natural moment of him being like, like this, this is so fucking, it. like, yes. this is fucking awesome, man. Like, he exhibits that so well throughout this movie, even in, like, the more dramatic and serious moments. Like, you can tell he really has, like, a, he has a deep, like, love for this story and, and the character and, like, the the overall, like, general concept of what this movie is trying to do. Yeah. Like, you can tell he is fully committed to it. At 59 years old, he's almost 60. He's doing all this crazy shit. Right. Flying airplanes and jumping out of helicopters in the in the Mission Impossible movies and doing all this random stuff. Like, not random stuff, but, like, for whatever reason, in this more so than in, like, any movie he's done in the past decade, it's just, like, you could, like, feel that energy coming out of him. Yeah. And that was really cool to see. It was really cool to see an actor just like not just jump in because he always does that, but jump in and like really care. Like look like he legit yeah. really cares about the success of like the how the movie looks and how the story is told and how all of it comes together to like be the next blockbuster. Well, right? and this you know, it very much felt like a Tom Cruise movie. Like if you told me that Tom Cruise directed this, I would not question it for a second. Um, but I think giving credit where credit is due, Joseph Kaczynski, like he, he really did something special with this. Oh the, yeah. The, you know, the way the flexibility he showed when it came to, you know, choosing the right takes and right. using the right footage. Yeah. Um, there was a, there's a couple scenes that were technically mistakes, 
but yeah. they were the most realistic, and so he kept right. them in he the film. He kept them in the movie. Like one of the pilots hitting their head on the glass. The Miles of, Teller, yeah. Of the yeah, when they do an when they do an inversion. Yeah, his, like his seatbelt wasn't his seat belt wasn't literally wasn't something enough. like that small, and he hit his head on the cockpit. Right. And they're like, but you know what? It looked. It was the most like natural cut we take we had, yeah. so we kept it in the movie. And um, early on in the movie, there's a scene where a plane—I won't spoil anything—but a plane flies so low that it basically like destroys one of the, the one of the buildings, like a security tower. Yeah, and that wasn't supposed to happen, but right. it destroyed the set. So they didn't. Re- they could. I guess they like, could have rebuilt it, but they were like, "That right. was fucking cool." But they got a re- they got the right reaction out of the actor that was in frame, and yes. they're like, "Yeah, fuck it, we'll keep it." Like. Right, those kind of moments are like spread throughout this movie, and also like this is a movie that I think, you, like, in order to really appreciate, like, how much time went into getting the kind of shots that they did, you really do have to like, go read articles, go listen to interviews from from Joseph Kaczynski, and Tom Cruise and the other actors because, like, there is so much that like, um, Kaczynski talked about like how it took like months to figure out just how to rig the cameras inside the F-18s. Yeah, and, and essentially like months, teaching, like, teaching the actors how to, and the pilots yeah. who were flying the planes for them, right. how to be cameramen. How to be cameramen, yeah. How to keep yeah. themselves, for, mm-hmm. for the pilots, they had to make sure that they weren't necessarily in the movie. Right. Right. They just, right. Their job was to fly the plane. Yeah. The actors had to keep themselves in frame while also keeping their cool under... Yeah, the most stressful of circumstances. While pulling eight Gs on inverted turns and shit, like, right. and that's the other thing. Like, when you see like their eyes bulge and like you can see like they actually like all those like all the G pull on their body, like all of that is real. Yeah, they actually did everything you see the plane doing in the movie. The actors are in the cockpit going through all of this stuff and like actually taking the brunt of the weight of the, how crazy it is to like fly in a plane like this. Well, in any mistake automatically becomes a very expensive mistake because Joseph Kaczynski talked about how he couldn't be there with the crew. He wasn't in the planes. Like these, these planes are meant for two people, sometimes just a single person. Right. And so he didn't get to review any of the film until they were done making these runs with fighter planes. Right. He talked about that too, about how like they're flying, they're up there at times with, four jets at a time. Right. And if they land and the, the shot isn't right, or, you know, somebody mm-hmm. accidentally looks at the camera, you better right. run it back because that's the only because option. He, yeah. You, you got to do it again. So he, he talked about too, how like he basically had like, he hired a, you know, he'd hired a bunch of like, he didn't hire people, like people from the Navy and the Marines were involved with a lot of the production. Right. right? So he basically talked about how he, he hired like a bunch of cinematographers that were just naval pilots because they had to be yeah. like they had to be okay with the fact that they had a giant camera rigs in the cockpit behind them to get get all these Im- get all these shots of the the actors and he's like basically I was relying on them to like make sure the shots looked okay yeah he turned those pilots into crew members into crew into legit crew members which right. was really really cool um i mean there are so many, man, I told you this too, like when I got home that night that I watched it, like there was a moment during the movie where I had realized that I hadn't like, un- like I'd been curling my toes. Yeah, you were. So my foot started cramping <laughs> because I was like, the, the, the action sequences in this movie are 
just they are that real. They are yeah. they're that visceral. They feel you can feel the tangibility. And like the only times I can really like say like oh like here's a legit CGI moment is when like a plane blows up. Yeah. Like the I I I don't I don't like it's and it's only because you know that they wouldn't blow up an actual plane. Right. It's they not wouldn't, because it's noticeable. It's, it's because you know it they would not like blow they, up a thirty million dollar F eighteen. Like they crashed a plane. Yeah. It, it just looks like it, it was very well the the limited CGI that was in it was very well done. Like the only reason that you think it's fake is because you know they don't have the type of money to do that. It's because you yeah, you're like, oh yeah, the Navy's not gonna let them destroy a thirty million dollar plane. If the Navy would have let them destroy those planes, they would have. Right. They would have done it. They just would have done it. They just would have made that happen. But instead they're like, maybe let's they're spend like, that thirty fine, million dollars elsewhere. Fine, we won't blow up a plane. Listen, we, Tom Cruise might be great, but he does require a lot of money to pay to right. be paid and be in this movie. So <laughs> right. maybe we shouldn't we, blow up a plane. <laughs> maybe so, not. I don't know. It was, you just, it, it felt like, it just felt like a complete project. Yeah. And I think that I, I have a lot of respect for the cast and the crew for basically just following through with, kind of what had been promised to Top Gun fans for so long. Right. And, and this movie is years and years in the making. Oh, um, yeah. The, the idea for it, I'm sure, started in the 80s after Top Gun oh, yeah. saw so much success. Right. But they knew that if they were going to do a second one, it had to be done right, and they, they did it right. Right. Um, and it, dude, it took like two years to even get to like the idea for like uh, Chris. I think it was Chris McQuarrie who wrote the original screenplay. He wrote it in like 2016. Yeah, and then from 2016 until they started shooting, I think in 2018, it was all prep. Again, they right. spent like they spent like a year trying to figure out how to properly rig cameras inside of the plane so they could get the best kind of shots. Like so much time went into making sure that not only would it look cool, but it would look right and it would feel right too. That's why they brought on that to that Top Gun instructor just to ask him like about like conversations or like the way people are like talking through moments during flight sequences. Like, yeah, would, is this like actually how this would play out? Like, does this feel like how it would actually play out? And for the most part, a lot of people are saying, yeah, it's pretty damn close. As close like the, as you can get about for a as, film. as close as you can get for a, for a, you know, a story, a, a fictional story that is a Hollywood production. Right. It's about as close as any movie has gotten to being as real as you can get while also being fiction. And one thing I really appreciated about this movie too, from a story perspective, is compared to like the original, the original Top Gun is just kind of about like who's going to come out on top and be like the number one pilot out of Top Gun school. And like, well, that's like interesting and there's like good, like there's good, um, like there's good moments between like Maverick and Iceman, Iceman played by Val Kilmer. Like you know they butt heads a lot, and so there's a lot of good, there's a, a lot of good like back and forth, and like, and in the end, like it's really them like motivating each other, to, other to be better by the time the story like concludes. But like, there's not like a lot of weight to a story like that. This Top Gun Maverick story has a lot more like consequence to it. Like right. it's an actual mission with actual consequences and, like, an actual goal. Whereas in the first one, it's kind of just... 
they don't meander or like ramble on throughout the movie, but like comparatively, I felt like a lot more connected to the story of well, Maverick the, than I did of the original the, Top Gun. It seems kind of like the story of Top Gun is a story of, you know, uh, basically a young pilot class going through the school. Yeah. Whereas Top Gun Maverick is a story of how those young pilots prepare for like real world like how they would yeah combat. how they would perform in a real world situation it's it's right. it's less about the school and more about their capability it's like a proper sequel like a proper sequel it is and honest and i didn't know that that's how it was going to play out until i went and saw the movie i was like oh this is an actual sequel like it's not right. like a it's not like kind of like a rebranding of top gun with Maverick just happening to still be there. It's like a legit, like, there's a legitimate reason that Maverick is, like, going back He's to back. Top Gun. Right. To, like, actually train these people for a real mission. Which I, I really appreciate. I appreciated that aspect of the story. Yeah, and, you know, obviously, Gus, um, I don't know if you know this about me. Um, I'm not a fighter pilot. I've never been in a in a fighter pilot either, and nor I, or in a plane. I've I, never I, been... <laughs> <laughs> have you not there is one girl in this i'm not gonna say it okay. um, um but i've never been inside I, of a fighter jet I, either <laughs> i'm not a i'm not a fighter pilot i feel as though this movie kind of did justice to as as much as you can in a film what those pilots go through how they prepare what it what it kind of takes and the fact that those pilots at top gun truly are the best in the world. Right. Like it, it really, and I, I kind of, I kind of got this out of the, again, out of the Jocko pod, they were talking about like, is there anything really crazier than being a fighter pilot? Like, is there any job you can do that is more like demanding of the human body? Is there anything cooler? Just straight up yeah. cooler. Like fighter pilots are fucking dope. Yeah. Like, and they know it. Oh like, yeah. They fucking know it too. And like they get that right in the movie and they also get right like how physically, mentally, emotionally demanding this job really is. Well, and they also get right, you know, as far as I can tell, the types of people that become fighter pilots because it's not mm -hmm. like there isn't just a fighter pilot stereotype. Like there it's it's not a, a one size fits all. And I thought that this movie like really showed, you know, like you get the, you, for lack of better words, you get like the nerds who are just like good at math. Right. You get right. like the, you know, physically imposing pilots who are just like strong enough to like brute their way through right. what it takes to fly at those. Well, and you also like, you get the pilots who like maybe lack a sense of enough humility to like lead a crew. You right. get like. And, and to a degree, the pilots who are <clears throat> maybe just too risk averse to mm -hmm. to properly do what they're asked to do at who, times who, who freeze and that and that's right? a lesson you have to learn oh yeah and so I, I and i think the the cast kind of portrays all of those different right um, those different archetypes pretty perfectly right um it, it, honestly the the cast i couldn't have been more happy with the performances in this right. movie either um now so, that's not to, now i will say like my one, and, and this isn't really like a critique because I don't think when you have a large cast of people that everyone has to have an impactful like side story going on.
But most of the side cast, other than Miles Teller, who plays Rooster, who is Goose's son, there's a lot of there's a lot of like there's a lot of drama and conflict between him and Maverick. Obviously, that's kind of like the main conflict between the character, the main characters. But like the side characters don't get a ton of time. They get enough time for you to get an idea of who they are. But other than that, they're kind of just there because it can't just be Maverick and Rooster yeah, but, I mean, they, doing stuff. They don't really need to be right more than what they are. Yeah, and and I think for what they are, the the script does them a good like does them does right by them. Does right. That make like they all get their own like each one of the pilots you kind of interact with not interact with but like that interacts with each other in the movie like the main group of pilots you see get enough time to where you feel like all right yeah i like like these guys have there's something there i thought that it was just a very well built cast Mm -hmm. honestly like none of their individual acting performances really blew me out of the water Mm -hmm. and that's because the main impressive thing was just what they put their bodies through for this role but as far as like acting chops I don't think that I don't think that Miles Teller was like overly impressive. Like I wasn't just I wasn't blown right. away by his performance, but he was solid and they he all really they good. all worked very well together. Right. Tom Cruise, I've never been like blown away by his acting except for maybe in like Jerry Maguire. Mm-hmm. But he just has like he has a way about him. He has a way that he carries himself on screen. Um, right. That kind of it, it demands that you respect it. Yeah. Um. To me, honestly, the the one of the brighter spots that I thought as far as side characters go was John Hamm's character. Oh yeah. I thought he was very good. He was great. And he, and and he really he made the most of kind of his his limited time. He played a very important role. Right. But he made the most of his limited screen time, and I and that's what you kind of hope for from a smaller character right from those smaller roles in in a in a role like that that are kind of like that are kind of are kind of spread throughout this movie there are those roles like that and i think really every actor or actress who had a role like that did really well right they, they all they all were they all bought into the premise they bought into the they bought into the greater the greater scheme at play and and I think you know the the movie was all the better for that. Yeah, I I think my only my only qualms with this movie kind of honestly came down to writing. Um, I knew that there would be a lot of callbacks to the original, mm-hmm. um, and maybe this is me just having basically watched them back to back. Sometimes it was a little heavy handed. There were there were certain scenes that were basically reshoots uh, from the original, yeah. um, and. I don't hate that for, you know, for the sake of nostalgia, um, right. especially given that this audience, this target audience is like a mixture of basically like teenagers today who are going to grow up to be fighter pilots. Right. And basically, I mean, this movie, I can't imagine, like this has got to be a, gr- the Navy's got to be watching this movie and being like, Oh fucking, yeah. All right, dude, dude. Well, here we go. And this next recruitment class it, it, is going to be sick. It's a mixture of that. And like our parents generation who saw oh, this yeah. when they were in high school and um, thought the original top gun was like one of the craziest things they'd ever seen. Right. And so, so I, the callbacks make sense, but I think having watched top gun and then the next day going to see top gun Maverick, I was like, okay, 
maybe that's a, a little dry in in this movie. It right. did feel kind of forced at times. Um, the other kind of just came down to to script at points. I thought, mm-hmm. and I know you had kind of disagreed with this. Um, the viewers shall decide for themselves. I thought some of the more like emotional moments were kind of ruined by just dry humor. Yeah. Um, when it wasn't really necessary. Like I think, right. I think that there were opportunities to make this kind of an emotionally taxing film as well. And they, right. they kind of missed, um, maybe they were trying to keep it lighthearted. Well, they were trying to keep it. Lighthearted. Right. I don't think they needed to. I think, I think it could have benefited from a little more emotional weight as well. See, I think, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I do think like there are moments where they do kind of cut past the dry. Like there are plenty of times where it's like, yeah, these kind of more emotional, like serious moments where they, yeah, they, they cut in at the end with like some dry humor or like, you know, offhanded remarks that kind of go against like the overall emotion of the scene. But like, I do think there are, there are still plenty of moments though where like it is just a straight like scene of emo like I can't sure. I can't say without getting too spoilery and we don't want to do that with this because yeah. a lot of people are still seeing this movie. Um but there are st- I thought there were still a couple of mom- like truly serious moments where I was like all right they're really they're going for the emotional weight here they're they're letting the they're letting Tom Cruise and others just kind of play out their emotions here and not like cut into it with a, with a dry remark or a, right. a humorous moment to kind of offset the weight of what's going on. Granted that it only happens like once or twice compared to like the five or six other times where we're in an emotional moment and they kind of like, <laughs> they, they gussy it up <laughs> a little bit. Um, but I, it, to me, it didn't take me out of the movie yeah. too much. Um, and honestly, a lot of the moments I thought, like, I thought they worked really well. Like, I thought the the mixing of those emotions worked well enough to where I didn't, like, feel like, oh, this is... Well, meh. and you could also see it being fitting for people with those personality types. Like, mm-hmm. when things get too serious, they start making jokes at each other. And that's, right. like, that's kind of how they deal with and honestly, basically the weight of what they're doing. Honestly, like, one thing I liked about this movie, too, that... I didn't necessarily love about Top Gun is like the dramatic moments in Top Gun are very melodramatic. Like they are very, very gooey melodrama. Sure. Like these, the dramatic moments in this movie felt a little, like they had a little more weight to like real, like tangible weight to them. Mm-hmm. Like where the writing was just, just like a little bit sharper than the original, like just, just a, a tiny bit more like, in tune with the time that like this movie takes place to where like like when I watched the original Top Gun I was like okay this dialogue's getting kind of cheesy like yeah, it, it they're like can. they're overact like this person's kind of overacting in this serious moment it felt more like like the moments that were required from actors to like have these dramatic moments it like they it seemed like okay, these actors have had more of these moments than maybe Tom Cruise had had in 1986 when the original Top Gun came out that like it felt like they were portraying that drama or that internal conflict a little bit better than they did in the original Top Gun. They're still a little cheesy and a little overdramatic, but like it just felt a little bit more like substantial to me when when I watched it. Because I I was in the same boat as you. I'd, I'd watched the original Top Gun very recently 
like it, like I watched the original Top Gun, and then two weeks later I was watching, or three weeks later I was watching, yeah, Top Gun Maverick. So the original Top Gun was still pretty like fresh in my mind. Well, and 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 with that in mind too, if you know if you watch the original Top Gun right before this, you also have to keep in mind that like we're just better at making movies now. Like oh yeah, movies are just better. They are, and and that's. I don't know. That's like that's a pretty objective truth that the art of filmmaking has improved. Right. Um, at the very least, that's just guided by mm-hmm. improved technology. Um, but also, you know, you improve because of experience, and you would hope yeah. that you know, twenty years later, almost thirty, twenty four, twenty four. 26 36 30 oh shit 36 years 36 years later you would hope that films have just it took gotten them, better it took them 30 years to get a story together and then basically 6 years to actually make the movie right like to put the movie in theaters also like another another thing about this movie is that Tom Cruise and Joseph Kaczynski basically would not settle for putting this movie out on a streamer. Right. They demanded that this movie be played in theaters. And it needs to be. And they are proving themselves correct with that theory. And it needs to be seen, if you have the opportunity, I sadly didn't, needs to be seen in IMAX. In IMAX. You See have it to. on the biggest possible screen you can. Right. There are, there with, are, so, with the best possible sound quality. Right. And here's, here, I'll, I'll even, I'll add to that note. There are IMAXs in regular theaters. We have a, we have a movie theater IMAX here. If you live near a museum or yeah. a place that has like a museum IMAX, those are bigger than the IMAXs you get in a regular theater. Go Do to it. that one. Do it. Go see it in that one. I promise you, you will not regret it. A lot of this movie is shot for IMAX purposes too. Like it is meant to be seen on the biggest screen possible. And again, the fact that these guys were like, we will, we refuse to put it anywhere other than theaters first. People can see it at home after it's been in theaters because you have to see it in theater. It's like, and at this rate, who knows when that will be? They have absolutely zero reason to pull this from theaters for the foreseeable future. Like it could, like you said, it could be there all summer. It's making that much money. It could be there all summer. Also, another thing I loved about this movie, this might have been one of the things I loved most about this movie, is it's a very, like, and I, I, I don't know if this is controversial, it's a very pro-America movie. It's about Americans who are really cool people, who do dope shit. Who are the best in the world Who are the at best what they at do. what they do. Like, that's cool. And also, like, a lot of military movies these days are kind of like, and I, I don't, and I'm not saying I don't like these movies, but like they're about more like the taxing, like effects or consequences of being in the military, and how like maybe it's not the best experience you can go through as a human being, which I fully understand that side of like storytelling. But like it's kind of nice to see like people who actually enjoy that they're in the military and like really like feel like they are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right, it's rewarding. It's them. it's yeah, it feels like it's a, re- a rewarding experience for them. And it's also just again, it's just kind of cool to watch a movie about like the the idea that like really plays into the idea that it's cool to be American. Also, we make some dope shit. Yeah. We make amazing 30 million dollar aircrafts that have these insane capabilities that 
no other place in the world, other places in the world have the technology that we have, but none of them can use it to the skill or efficient skill level or efficiency that we do. Right. Because we're fucking, we're Americans and we're badass motherfuckers. Yeah. That was cool. It was like, it felt, it was just kind of nice to have that feeling where I wasn't in the theater being like, all right, well, here's another criticism of being American. Great. That's fun. And also, like, like it felt where, good where to feel that. a military movie doesn't have to become overly political. It's just like, yeah. listen, these are the people who are the best at what they do. Yeah. Let's watch them do it. Like, like check the, it out. Here's a mission. Go do it. The doesn't even have a name. Yeah. They don't have a... F- because, like, because guess what? It doesn't matter because in this movie, the pilots at Top Gun are better than everybody. It doesn't, right. who, like, it doesn't matter it doesn't who they matter are. It doesn't matter who is flying against them. They're the best at what they do right. in the world. And it, this this movie showed that mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the highest degree. Yeah. Um, let, let's go ahead and grade it. Grade it. Um, I would, and I know this might be a little higher than yours, I would give this movie a, a cool, crisp... A. I fucking loved every part of this movie, even the more cheesy moments. Like, it just felt like the cheesy moments kind of played into the nostalgia of the original without being baity. And I just, man, I hadn't, like, gone out of a movie theater and just felt, like, good. Like, overall, just, like, excited that I just watched something so cool. Right. Like, it just exuded that cool energy. And I liked that. And it still had just enough of that, like, dramatic pull. Because, again, Tom Cruise is, like, so connected to this world and this character. Yeah. And, like, what he knew exactly what he wanted to do with this movie. And he got all the right people around him to do it. And you could could feel that throughout the movie. So I... Top Gun, the original Top Gun, Mm -hmm. is on my top 50 list. I'm one of those people that you mentioned at the beginning mm-hmm. that thought that it was incredible. Yeah. Um, and I thought that I still did until I watched Top Gun Maverick and I thought to myself, holy shit. Like, this is what was missing. Like, this is what was right. missing from Top Gun. Mm-hmm. This yeah. was every <laughs> This movie, as much as it was, you know, kind of just an ode to Top Gun... It was also everything that Top Gun wasn't. Right. Um, now, that being said, I didn't think it was perfect. And it, to a degree, it bothers me the way... The, the dialogue surrounding this movie is that it's a perfect film. And I don't think it is. Right. Um, and so maybe, maybe that is swaying my view a little bit. Because sometimes I'm just cynical and I like to... Um, <laughs> I, I like to embrace conflict a little bit. So so maybe maybe part of me um just is is kind of turned off by the way that everybody loves this movie. Right. To the degree that they do. Yeah. That being said, I'm gonna give this a B plus. I, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I thought that the things that we saw on film in this movie yeah. is unlike anything we've ever seen before. Right. And anybody who goes into the theater, I promise you, you have never seen something like this in a movie in your life. Right. A hundred percent. Never. Dude, okay. So, you know, I've, I've said a couple times before, and I don't know if it's ever been on one of our podcasts, about how, like, your opinions on some movies are in the minority. Yes. Do you want to hear the audience score for this movie? Is it ninety nine percent? Ninety nine percent with with an overall average rating 
of 4.9 out of 5. <laughs> that is how much people are loving this movie. I want to pull up a text message. One, one more thing. I want to pull up a text message from my, yeah. from my dad. My dad and I have a – one of our like – I have a, my dad and I are, are very close, and one thing we like enjoy talking about is movies. And like, he recommends stuff to me. I recommend stuff to him. And generally, like, when we're talking about a, a newer movie or something, you know, he hasn't seen that I really liked, he'll he'll his reaction is usually like, "Yeah, I really liked it," or "That was really cool," or <laughs> "I liked this part about it." So he went he went and saw it opening weekend, and he texted me that Friday night. At 11.57 p.m. our time. And he just said, that movie was fucking awesome. The, to get that kind of reaction from my... Who, again, he was probably like... Uh, he's early 20s when the original one came out in 86. So, again, like of that era of like younger right. people who were watching a movie and being like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, this is insane. For like... To see him... 36 years later watch this movie and be like holy shit like that was it was cool to like get that text and be like all right so like the older generation is feeling they, the exact same it. yeah it's it's a cool it's a cool feeling again overall again like you said there is nothing in theaters now or that will probably come into theaters in the next decade that will look anything like this movie right so go see it that everybody, alone makes it worth everybody it. everybody go see it because you've never seen anything like it, and you right. won't for a long time. Probably not. If ever. And if you do, it'll be because this movie did it first. 100%. So, um, you you won't regret it. Uh, you will not. For sure. And you also probably won't regret checking out a few more of our that was other a smooth, episodes. That was the smoothest transition we've ever had to the, um, to the end of the podcast. And, <laughs> listen, pick a number between one and... Almost 60. Almost 50, 60. 58 now? 58. We have 58 numbered episodes and yeah. almost 70 episodes in total. Yeah. Um, pick a number between 1 and 50-something. Yeah. Uh, type in FRP episode. Choose your number. Something. And you're going to get a good podcast. You're going to get a really good show. I'll, I tell you what. Listen, Gus. Yo. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Toot your own but horn. we don't miss. Toot it. We really we don't. Re- we really we don't really miss. Do- you know now, what? We now, don't miss. Now... We have 68 total episodes now, of this show, by the way. Our best episode ever was Lost Forever. But <laughs> if you would like to explore the earlier days of, of, of the Front Row podcast. I kind of forgot about that, if have, I'm being honest. We have so much variety for you to check out. Oh, yeah. Um, there's something for everybody. We've got horror movies. We've got animated movies. We've got comedies. We've mm. got satires. Mm. We've got... Period pieces. We've, a ton of horror. A ton of horror. Horror oh, out man. the wazoo. We've got a dude. western with more to come. Yep. Um, we've got everything. So it's whatever, all there. Whatever movie you're in the mood for, um, listen to one of our pods. Uh, maybe give us some recommendations. We're happy mm-hmm. to take them. Um, listen, we're still doing what we do. Um, this show is available everywhere too. You can you can find Literally. us on any platform that you listen to podcasts. Um, Shout out to our SoundCloud folk. Oh yeah, they they really keep the traffic coming. And you guys also, are real shout ones. out to SoundCloud for getting our our product out there, out there uh, everywhere. You know, to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I mean, it gets it everywhere. Stitcher. We don't even know where it we gets. Don't That's know. we don't know the extent. I don't even how, know the extent where I, of where I don't it know is. Where I am right now. Where? Yeah. Are, is this is this real life? Um. Anyway. 
listen. That's a conversation for another we're, time. We're proud of what we put out. We um, love it. We love doing it. But we also want to hear your feedback. We so, love doing it for the few people who listen to it. That's the other thing. Like, right. One we, thing we, we never talk. We like, do this for our tens of fans. Yeah. We really we do it for ourselves. <laughs> well, oh yeah. That's, in in all in that's like true. um because had we decided to not record this episode, we would have sat here and talked about it for an hour anyway. So Yeah. You might as well listen. We to would have it. had almost I shit you not probably the exact same conversation we're if having now. If a podcast now. is recorded in this house and nobody's around to hear it, does it still get released? Because guess what? It does. It does. Yeah. If we're there's here. a microphone in our hands, yeah, it will. And even if there's not, that's why we have behind the front rows because sometimes we sit down and we're going to talk about something and then we sit down and talk about something completely different for half an hour or longer. You can it check is, those out. It is what Those it is. are available to listen Just to search right BTFR. fucking now. Yeah. You'll find it. You'll find some interesting topics. Um, You'll find out why I hate Taylor Swift. It's a great that's a great that's you a great will, episode. You will indeed. You will. You'll find out why comedy is so important yeah. for our way of life. For our way of life especially. Um God. listen, we're everywhere. So we check are. us out. Give us your recommendations. If you're on Apple or Spotify or Facebook, please leave us a five-star review. Give um, us a, leave us a comment. Uh you check can us email out us on social media. We're all over, um, we're not on Twitter because We're not on Twitter cuz who is on Who Twitter? the hell likes Twitter? I don't like Twitter. You're um, on Twitter. I am on Twitter. Got you there. But uh, it is strictly for work purposes only. Um, um, we're on Facebook. We're, on we're Facebook. at Front Row Seats on Facebook. Yep. Um, on Instagram, we are at Front underscore Row Media. Mm-hmm. You can send us an email because we do check our emails, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Um, business and pleasure. Um, we check our Front Row Media 1 at, at gmail.com. Email. Fairly regularly. All the time. Screen uh, rant. You ever going to... Yeah, hey, screen rant. Please um, call me back. I love you. I love and, you so much. And I miss you. I still listen to all your stuff all the time. <sighs> <sighs> anyway, um, that'll. I think we got I think it. that's... I think that'll wrap it up. I've had quite enough. I've had quite enough. And I'd like to get off the ride now, please. Okay, bye-bye.